0: fix me. How about y'all? That worship will fix you. Ah, come on, come on, come on, y'all. He is good, isn't he? I know it's Friday night. It's a good thing. Man, God is good. What y'all think about leadership training tonight? Amen. That's real love. That's what a shepherd is supposed to show you. He loved the sheep. That he laid his life down. Man. For the sheep. Man. I got like three messages I'm trying to figure which one he want me to do. (laughs) I'm always prepared. Just depending on what came through the door. See, a shepherd, he, that's what he does. He prepares. Y'all ready to eat? Oh, man. Leadership meeting is so important to the foundation of what we're doing here. You want a strong leader. Just like a wife, she want a strong husband. <laughs> I would have thought that women wouldn't be saying, yeah, pastor. Yeah. You don't want no weak man, do you? Oh, my goodness. How you doing? I love her. I love her. My goodness. You got to come. You got to get the word, man. Oh, man. What he want to do today? What he want to do? Let's see it. Ah. I want to talk about a few things. Oh, the You mean the minister put that like that? The elder did? <laughs> Man. Love is a beautiful thing, isn't it? What, when is God's love? Got to be God's love. I want to a couple of things. I mean, I don't, it, so y'all know I love you, right? Yeah. Sometimes you gotta tell people they forget. Right. They forget you love them. Mm. If if that's the case, then I didn't leave strong enough impact on you. Yeah? (laughs) It's like, I mean, man. Oh, man. Church. All right. Glory to God. Man. Hey, Brandon. Pull on that anointing. All right. Come on. Do it. So, I want to... A lot of times we teach, you know, like faith and discipline. There's a lot of areas that we can go into. Um, but I want to, yeah, thank you, Holy Spirit. I talk about love for a little bit, just, just a second. This is just a scripture. It'll it'll minister to you as soon as I get it here. All right. right. Go to John. Familiar scripture. Something talking about shepherding tonight. Amen. Amen. All right. Okay, minister. Go to John twenty-one fifteen 15, through 17. John chapter 21, at verse
1: 15. When they had eaten, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these others do? with reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion as one loves the father. He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you, that I have deep, instinctive, personal affection for you as for a close friend. And he said to him, feed my lambs. Again, he said to him the second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? With reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, as one loves the father. He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. That I have a deep, instinctive, personal affection for you. As for a close friend, he said to him, shepherd, Mm. tend my sheep. Ah. He said to him the third time, Mm -hmm. Simon, son of John, do you love me with a deep, instinctive, personal affection for me? As for a close friend, Peter was grieved, was saddened, and hurt that he should ask him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you, that I have a deep Instinctive personal affection for you, as for a close friend, mm. Jesus said to him, "Feed my sheep." Go ahead, do 18? Verse 18. I assure you, most solemnly, I tell you, when you were young, you girded yourself, put on your own belt or girdle, and you walked about wherever you pleased to go. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will put a girdle around you Mm. and carry you where you do not wish to go. Go. Woo. That's
0: what I'm doing. (laughs) Most of us fight our purpose and destiny. But when you were young, you did what you wanted to do, how you wanted to do it.
1: Didn't you? Keep on reading. Verse 19. He said this to indicate by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. And after this, he said to him, follow me. But Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following The one who also had leaned back on his breast Mm. at the supper Mm. and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Mm. Jesus said to him, if I want him to stay, survive, live until I come, what is that to you? Mm. What concern is it of yours? You follow me.
0: He said, mind your own business.
1: Come on. So word went out among the brethren that this disciple was not going to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not going to die. But if I want him to stay, survive, live till I come, what is that to you? Mm. It is this same disciple Who is bearing witness to these things and who has recorded written them and we well know that his testimony is true and there are also many other things which jesus did Mm. if they should be all recorded one by one in detail i suppose that even the world itself could not contain have room for the books that would be written
0: my goodness.
1: Ooh, man.
0: Feed my sheep. It's a tough job. <laughs> when the sheep want to eat what they want to eat. <laughs> sheep don't eat what they want to eat. They eat where the shepherd takes them. Hmm. <laughs> So if that's the case, then you're supposed to have a certain palate for the truth. Because the shepherd is leading them. All right. You cannot, uh, you got to be committed. Total commitment requires undivided attention to one's own tasks. This is what he was telling mind your own business. Get your own development. Okay, don't worry about what their gifts are. Let me work with you, okay? Peter and John were very close. John was the younger, and Peter probably still was a teenager. Probably Peter had, let's see, Peter had taken a very close liking, listen to John, give me some background, uh, and had taken a liking to uh, John. He had him in his care. Uh, even before Christ came along the scene. Y'all didn't know that, did you? Peter's interest in John's task and future, therefore, was natural. See, it was this before Jesus came along. He already had him with him. But his need, his, his concerns about him were natural. Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> he told Peter that John's task... Uh, was not his concern. His own task was to be his concern. Peter was not to look at another man's call and ministry and be distracted and wish he had that ministry and desired another ministry, compare their calls and ministry, copy or confirm to that ministry. See, we, we, you have to know your call. Not another man. You have to know what you were called to do. Don't worry about what they're doing over there. They got oil dripping off their feet yet, but you don't know if that's God. Don't worry about what they're doing. Don't go over there. Worry about what's on you. Okay? Mm. And not like that in 1 Corinthians right there, uh, 10, 24. It said, let no man seek his own. It said, let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Stop looking at other people. Okay? I want to show you something. Let me go here. Let me show y'all something here. Hold on. My pen is out. A lot of times in ministry, we do a lot of research on, like, Apostle Paul. Just flow with me. And we do a lot of research on, um, you know, all the prophets, major and minor. But nobody really studies Judas. Nobody really knows. Nobody really studied Judas. Man. Judas made a commitment to Jesus. There was no reason to think he was anything but sincere in his faith. Like the rest of the disciples, he left everything to follow our Lord. Talk about this. Just watch this. Judas was actively involved in the ministry. And he was given remarkable spiritual gifts. Judas. hmm Luke tells us that Jesus called the twelve together that included Judas and he gave them power and authority over the demons to cure diseases and all kinds of ailments. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. That's Luke 9, 1 through 2. Judas, Iscariot was a he was a gospel preacher. Judas. He was given the gift of healing. Mm-hmm. And he exercised his authority over demons. Actively, actively involved in the ministry. That's a good and wonderful thing, isn't it? But it is not in itself a guarantee. A spiritual life of health. Watch this. Jesus walked with Jesus for three years. He saw the greatest life ever lived up close and personal. Hmm. You can't have a better model of faith than Jesus. Correct? No, right. Or a better environment... To form your faith, than Jesus. Judas had been walking with the Savior. Listen to this. He directly witnessed the miracles when Jesus fed the five thousand. Judas was there. He took the bread and distributed along with the other disciples. When Jesus claimed the storm, listen, when Jesus calmed the storm, Judas was there. And he was there when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. You can't have a better evidence of faith than Judas had. Judas heard all of the teachings of Jesus. Watch this. He heard the Sermon on the Mount. So he knew that the, he knew that there was a narrow road that led to life and a broad road that led to destruction. He knew this. He heard the warnings. Jesus spoke to the Pharisees. So he knew that, this, that there is a hell. He knew that there was a hell to shun. And he knew there was a heaven to gain. He heard the parable of the prodigal son, he was there. He knew God. He, man, how can I say this? He knew that God was ready to come and forgive you. He experienced the mendage. Judas' own eyes saw the clearest evidence. With his own ears he heard the finest teachings ever taught. Mm. With his own feet he followed the greatest example and yet this man still betrayed Jesus. Mm. I told you we do a lot of studying on Paul but nobody's really talking about Judas. Just hold on a second. Okay, It should be in ministry and it should be with leadership no, everybody want to study Paul. You should study Judas. Okay. Because every time you have a guarantee, you have a Judas there. Go ahead. You got five kids. One of them is rebellious. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's always present. Hold on. We're going to go someplace. All right. Mm. Here we go. Put up, Jeremiah. Again, 17.9. The human heart is beyond understanding. And there is something incomprehensible about a person who abandons the faith they once professed. It's hard to understand how a young man raised by godly parents in the context of a healthy church. (laughs) Got to put that there. Taught the truth of scriptures. From an early age to me mm-hmm. and grounded in apologetics can give up on Yeshua, Jesus. Something is something we're missing here. OK, go to Jeremiah 17.9. OK, teacher, I like that. Mhm. We read it in the, the leadership training, so let's hear it again.
1: Jeremiah chapter mm-hmm. 17 mm-hmm. and verse nine. Mm-hmm. "The heart is deceitful above all things, and it is exceedingly perverse mm. and corrupt and severely mortally sick. Who can know it, perceive, understand, be acquainted with his own heart and mind.
0: So hold on when. when y'all say, "God know my heart," absolutely He does. He absolutely knows your heart. The question is, you don't know your heart. You, your heart will deceive you. It will lie to you. It will tell you that you're telling the truth and because of your belief. Mm, mm, mm. You justify it. Yeah, you will. I'm right. Mm-mm. Instead of saying, what's best? Come on. Finish that out.
1: Verse 10, I, the Lord, search the mind. Mm. I try the heart, Mm. even to give to every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings.
0: Who tries your heart? Your husband? Your wife? Who who tries your heart? Okay, all right. Y'all keep getting it mixed up now. Judas' story contains an important lesson for parents, leaders, and friends (laughs) who also grieve over someone they love who has abandoned their faith. Okay. They worry about this. They worry about this. Where did we go wrong? What more could we have done? Mm -mm. What... <laughs> did we fail in our teaching? What did we fail in our being an example? Should we have immersed our son or daughter and friends in different environments? Y'all know something. Y- y'all know, you know when they say fight the good fight of faith. Do y'all know what was happening? When that was going on, fight the good fight of faith. What Timothy, what Paul was telling Timothy is that you need to fight the good fight of faith because he was accused of false teaching. Paul said, get back in there and fight the good fight of faith. Don't you know you've been prophesied that you were supposed to do this? Get back in your call. I'm just saying, fight the good fight of faith. We have no context of, of where that what is he talking about? Fight the good fight of faith. He was coming against false teaching. And he told him, go back. Now fight the good fight of faith. You are teaching the word led by the Spirit. No, but what he happened, he started cowering and listening to men. Go ahead. Okay. See how men can pull you out of your call? Hmm. But it took someone of higher authority. My goodness. But Judas teaches us that even the best example, the most compelling evidence, and the finest teaching, the ultimate environment for incubating faith could not or cannot in and of itself change the human heart. So you can sit here all you want and receive the word. It's coming and you're in the right environment. Got tongues and everything. But look at your heart. This is Judas. Witness all the mirror. Walk with them. I'm talking about under the finest teaching. Mm. I'm almost finished. You going to keep y'all the night long. Watch this. Watch this, Minister, watch this. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. All of that. In the right place, hearing the right thing. And cannot in of themselves change the human heart. Woo. Don't get caught up on miracles. Yeah, yeah. All right. okay. Come on. Signs. Be careful. Bible says Jews look for a sign. I'm gonna help y'all with that too. Y'all be careful. He said these signs are supposed to follow you <laughs> that believe. Uh, you ain't gotta go nowhere. Yeah. That's right. They should follow you. Okay, stay focused. Satan made a relentless assault on Judas's soul. Relentless, as he makes a relentless assault. On someone who chooses to follow Christ. We read about Satan attack on Judas, right? Mm -hmm. Satan entered into Judas Iscariot. Go to Luke 22. Iscariot. We're working on that. Judas. Luke 22, 3 through 4. Watch this. Come on. Watch this progression. <coughs> See some.
1: Luke chapter 22 at verse 3. But then Satan entered into Judas,
0: mm.
1: called Iscariot, who was one of the 12 apostles. And he went away and discussed with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him and deliver him up to them. See what happens when you open the door?
0: Where did he go? He didn't stay by himself. I told you when you're influenced by enemy you got to go someplace. You got to share. Okay. All right. Woo! Jesus. Demons do not travel alone. They always have companion spirits with them. Okay? Murder travels with anger. Y'all, okay. Here we go. Woo, here we go. The devil had already put into Judas. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, I'm going to show you something real quick before I go there. Go to John 13:2. John chapter 13 and verse 2.
1: So it was during supper. Satan having already put the thought of betraying Jesus in the heart oh. of Judas Iscariot.
0: Oh, did you Simon's
1: see? Son. Hold up! Read that again. So it, Read was, it again! So it was during supper. Satan having already put the thought of betraying Jesus in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son.
0: That's Peter's son. That's Peter's son. They missing it. You're missing it, 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 you're missing it. Hold on. We were at dinner. See, this is where the conversation, see, you got to be careful who you eat with. That's right. That's real. That's real. This, he said, all scriptures is for an example for you. Yep. There's something happened. There's that happened at Cornelius. The That's his fellowship, but it has to be of God fellowship. I mean. got to be careful. Because now he's waiting to enter in. He's telling you exactly how he entered in.
1: Mm-mm. Read that again. So it was during supper, Satan, having already put the thought of betraying Jesus in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son. Who is Peter. Simon,
0: Simon Peter. Peter. Oh y'all, y'all ain't getting it. Go to John 13, 27. <laughs> y'all ain't seeing this. Y'all still ain't seeing it. Come on.
1: John chapter 13, verse 27. Then after he had taken the bit of food, Satan entered into And took possession of Judas. Jesus said to him, what you are going to do, do more swiftly than you seem to intend and make quick work of it.
0: So Peter. What did Peter do? Come on, what's he famous for? So Satan is on the bloodline now. So he couldn't go. He couldn't go to Peter. So where did he go? How long y'all been in church? You got to have the Holy Ghost. Because he reveals and teaches you everything. No. No. See, we've been t- all the time. It's on the bloodline. I can't use you, so I'll come to your son. Why do you think he tells you who Simon is? The devil had already put it in the heart of Judas, Simon's son, to betray him. He already tried. What did Jesus tell Peter? Get thee behind me, Satan. Okay, can't get you now. I'm gonna go follow the bloodline. See there? Teacher, I'm. Who who want to go? Who want? Do you don't see it? You don't see it? So you trying to figure out how he got into your? He's trying to figure out how he got into your bloodline, and he is on your bloodline. No, no, no! Take an audit right now of you. No, no! Take an audit right now of your family. Take an audit right now. Hmm. Take an audit right now. What's happening? It's been there. This ain't the Mandela effect. It ain't just coming there. It's been there all the while. Wow! It's in the family. It's in the family. It's in the family. Ain't we family? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. For us yes, yes. yes. so to sit up here and say gossiping ain't in the house. It's on the bloodline. It is. Betrayal is there. No, we want to study Paul. Now let's find out what's going on with Judas. Hmm. I said it months ago. We had a meeting. I said, well, who is the Judas in here? You did. You did. I'm not dumb. Okay, my, my nephew, yeah, it was two boys, and the older killed the parents. It's on the bloodline. I just need an opening. No. He told you that. They didn't hear it. You got to go back and read it again. It's sitting right there in the scripture. The Bible clearly states about Satan's activity had led some to say. Hmm. Let me see here. Poor Judas. He didn't have a chance. (laughs) Satan entered into him. What could he do about it? But this is the evolution overlooked, or the evaluation that's overlooked, the fact that, Judas opened the door to Satan. We missed that he opened the door to Satan. Watch this. How did he open the door to Satan? (laughs) Watch this. Judas had been stealing money. Will a man rob God? Yes. Judas had been stealing money from the collective money bags. See, this is like, ooh, you got to be careful with money. Oh, now we're finding out what was in him. Mm. You have to know how he got in. If you don't know how he got in, you can't stop him from getting in. You can't do it. I keep saying it. One of the days, y'all going to get it. So if you're prideful, how did he get in? Hmm? If he prideful, how did he get in? You got to know when he entered in. You got to know what you opened up to him. So his access was money. And guess what he was in charge of? The money. And he can only come for what's in you. Sure did. Sure did. Oh, man. Teacher. You got to know your enemy. You have to know how he gets in. So he'll get you, he'll get you with tithing. There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing. How did he enter in? This is how you enter in. What you covered? But we do it in the pretense. He was in charge of the money bags. Collecting. He knew what was what. <laughs> Elder. Come on. So you gotta know how he entered in. Oh, so I told you to do an audit. Mm. I did not get in on the bloodline? And he showed the progression. I can't get the father and the sins of the father. Are what? I could just sniff the bloodline and get right into him. But Peter, I've already prayed for you. Right, right. See y'all don't understand. You don't value prayer. On, you don't value prayer. On. Don't value prayer. Come on. Come on. Woo! God, you. <laughs> <laughs> what could he do? Hmm. He had been stealing from the money bags. Watch this. Watch this. And when he kept this sin secret, Satan entered into him. This is why I told you. Confess your sin. See, you're too worried about what people think. But you're really closing the door from the enemy coming in on you and your children. When you see, I told you, we don't know how to receive when somebody says, I did this. Now we condemn them. How could you? You know how could you? Your sin just ain't found you out yet. And it will. Mm-mm. Y'all, don't play with pride. Please stop. He's not hearing no prayers. If you're dealing with pride, he's not. And you haven't repented. And I got children. Oh, I need my prayers answered. Stop worrying what people think. Stop trying to please people. Hey, I'm a leader. Yep, you're a leader that failed. We're going to hold you back up. Let us do our job. Let us restore you. But if you don't do what you're supposed to do, man, what am I doing? What am I praying? What's my prayer? It's that you repent. Hmm. Look at this. He kept his sins secret. And Satan entered into him. He made a deal with the chief priest and then sat down at the Lord's table. Good God. With known sin, he would not confess. And Satan entered even further. Into his life, not one level. He went there. He because now he doesn't sit at the table. You can't sit at the table of devils and of God. You can't drink of the cup of God and the cup of devils. You can't do unworthily drinking it unworthily, y'all man. He sat right there at the table with unconfessed sin. And said, Satan entered him even deeper now in his life. Mm -mm. And yeah, oh my goodness. Woo! Oh my goodness. Watch this. Thank you, intercessor. What you did, thank you. See, he sit here and still deceive you. He sit here and still deceive the leaders. Mm-mm. Unconfessed sin always opens the door to Satan's power. Go ahead, Pastor. Go ahead. Unconfessed sin always opens the door to Satan's power. And you wondering why it ain't getting no better. Satan doesn't gain a foothold in the lives of people who are walking in the light with Jesus. Go ahead. He only gains access when we open the door. That's the, only he, that's the only way he can get in. And he had to ask permission to do that. Right. And God said, have you, tasted, have, you, have you tried my servant, Job? Go ahead. Yeah, my servant. Go ahead. He's faithful. He's diligent. And God allowed it. So whatever you're going through right now, God allowed it. Allowed. What you're going through now, God's allowing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I would confess my sin, though. Get me out of it quick. Now, see, what happens is that you, with that unconfessed sin, you're going to go down the wrong road because he allowed it. But when you do what you're supposed to do, now you're going to have discernment. And you're gonna be able to know and judge what is good and what's best. And then you won't be in that same cycle. Cycles, cycles, all right. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Mm, teacher. Sometimes we get this wrong way around, fearing that Satan will somehow have secret access to God's children, while doubting that Jesus can do anything for a person unless they open the door. But the Bible teaches, you know, precisely different. The Bible teaches actually the opposite. (laughs) You you open that door. When you sin, you open the door. Can I say that again? When you sin, you open the door. He didn't plan nothing. You invited him in. Unconfessed sin. I'm not talking about Catholicism. You're in the booth and you're telling another man. All right, because that's a whole other subject. My goodness. Among those who hate Christ the most some once professed the truth or that they professed to trust him like some of us have done, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He claims, his claims are so extravagant, excessive, his demands so pervasive that in the end, you must either give yourself to him completely or give him up. Altogether. There is no middle ground. Okay, y'all got this? The story of Judas reminds us that nothing good can come from giving up on Christ. Amen. Amen. <sighs> Only those who have never known him can remain indifferent to him. For those who get close, the only outcomes are full devotion or... hmm, Let me say it this way. For those who are close with him, the only outcome is full devotion. And every day, each of us is heading in one or the other direction. Which direction are you headed in? If you're hearing the word, you should be headed in the right direction. It shouldn't be any problem. Is it? Is it a problem? (laughs) In any age where many are abandoning the faith, They once professed, and y'all know that's happening, right? Just watch our kids when they go to college. The story of Judas warns us to guard our hearts, lest we drift away. The story of Judas also requires us to reach out to those who may be close to walking away from the faith. Christ calls us to be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. Jude 22, 23. If somebody's in the fire, you, you're not going to just pass it and go, hey, no, come on now. Are you? You're going to aggressively. Come on. 22 to 23. Jude 22
1: and 23. And refute so as to convict some who dispute with you.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And on some have mercy who Mm. waver and doubt. Strive to save others, Mm. snatching them out of the fire. On others, take pity. Mm. But with fear, loathing even the garment spotted by the flesh and polluted by their sensuality. Okay,
0: okay. Woo. All right, okay. mm. Finally the, the story of Judas. Reminds us nothing good. Can come from giving up on Christ. He is a supreme value. And following him. Is worth any cost. Amen. Anything you don't want to do. Anything you don't feel like. Doing. Do it for Christ. Amen. That's all I'm going to tell you. It's so much more that I want to go in, but I've been teaching for two hours, but I got some more. I got some more. They said they ready to go. Teacher, what you want me to do? You want to call it the early night form? Or you want me to go ahead? 'Cause Because I got some more. I got some more. Y'all hear that? They said, they said, they said, Who? who said that in the back? Okay. You down for the calls? You down for the call? You really? You really are? Okay. <laughs> Let me see what teacher say. Can I go? Uh. Okay. Nine. Just like seventeen minutes. <laughs> Uh I want to talk about, I, I wanted to add this in too, and, and it's it's something that's really important. Um I, God didn't tell us to what are you doing? <laughs> it's not, it's it's at nine. Oh my God. Okay. Oh, I'm trying. Okay. Part of the leadership training I didn't get to, and I did want to talk about, I want to talk about management. But can I use tithing as an example? <laughs> I heard like three people. I'm talking about management. Okay, all right. <laughs> Can I use this? Okay, here we go. Tithing has nothing to do with giving God money. Tithing has nothing to do with giving God money. Oh, we're going to get delivered today, everybody. Here we go. God doesn't need your money. Everything on earth already belongs to God. <laughs> so when God sets something up, it's not because he needs something. You do. Okay? Mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm going to help y'all. I'm going to help y'all. Hold on. Time that is God's management training. You let me, if you let me, I'm going to do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do it. If you let me. I love it, man. My wife, man, I'll tell you what. It's, it's nothing like her, her cheering you on. I love it. I love it. I love it. Look at it, Look at me. I'm trying to give her. Here she go. Did I clean it up? Here we go. Come on, Jesus. Come with me. Don't, don't fail. Don't fail on me now. Come on. God doesn't need a single penny from us. Yet, he tells us 10% is every, of everything. 10% of everything is mine, he said. But he don't need nothing from us. One problem is that we only think it's money. If you got 10 pairs of shoes, one of them is not yours. Mm-hmm. If you got 10 cars, one of them is not yours. If you got 10 suits, one of them is not yours. If you got 10 apples, one of them is not yours. Mhm. It doesn't belong to you. It's 24 hours in a day. Two hours and 40 minutes is not yours. Two hours and 40 minutes is not yours. I don't have time to pray. Yes, you do. Poor management. You've been net for the last six hours. You got time poor manager. I said I'm going to talk about management. Can I talk about management? Okay. Let's talk about management. I'm going fast right now. Okay. Right? Alright. <laughs> yep. Yep. You're time. Y'all got to stop timing to Netflix and sports and news and all that. Stop timing to it. Mm-hmm. You're a thief. Every day you don't use that two hour and forty minutes. It doesn't have to be consecutive. It can be spread out. But you're missing the whole point. Watch this. Okay, watch this. He said a tenth of all. Right? And we're struggling with two hours of managing that, two hours and 40 minutes, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Money ain't your problem. Management is. Money ain't your problem. Management is. Because you all got a job. You all got some money. Mm Mm-hmm. God, at any time could command us to give a pair of those shoes or those shirts or whatever it is.
2: Right?
0: What's he doing? What's he doing? What's he doing with that? Right? He don't need your shoes, right? Hmm. Again, tithing and offering is not about money. It's about management. This is what he's saying. Can you consistently put aside 10% of everything? For his purpose, can you do this consistently? Right. Ten percent of everything is God's. Right. Okay. So you get a check for a thousand dollars. What's the tide on that? Okay. So ninety is remaining. Right. So how much of that 90 is God's? Ooh, that's good. All of it is. All of it is. All is, is. Oh, that's real good. Ooh, that's good. Y'all good. Y'all going on there. I told you I'm going to be finished in a minute. So why does God want us to put 10% aside if it's not, if it doesn't belong? to him. Right? If it don't belong to him or it doesn't belong to us. Why would he want us to do that? Why would he want us to put it aside? Hmm. Because it's not about the money. It's about your ability to put aside your will. Your self control. Your discipline. Y'all make time about money. And that's not what it's about. It's about management. Mm. Mm -hmm. So listen to this. It's about you. It's about the ability to put aside, listen, your will. Your self-control. Oh, and your discipline. He's after Brandy. Your discipline. This is what he's after. He's after your discipline. He's after your discipline, which most of us lack in many areas of our life. Well, hold on. Watch this. Watch this. So remember, what is a disciple? A disciplined follower of Christ. He's after your discipline. Okay. If you're disciplined in this life, you will get to heaven. If you're not disciplined in this life, this word, you will not. A disciple is a disciplined follower of Christ. He wants your discipline. Because if you're disciplined, your will will follow. He wants your discipline. If you can manage the 10% properly, he's happy to trust you with the 90%, the 90% that's left. Mm. Because you've been unfaithful in the 10%, which causes you to lose the 90%, which you end up with 0%. That's called broke. Mm -hmm. When you say stuff like, Lord, I'm in crisis right now. (laughs) It's tough and it's tight. God is saying, what are you talking about? Your salvation is in the tide. What you talking about? Your salvation is in the tide. And he said this to answer that: I gave you my all. I gave you my son. Your salvation is in the tide. He gave his all. Mm-mm, y'all missing it? Mm-mm. That's how he didn't give his precious. If he didn't give, you wouldn't have salvation. So your salvation is in his giving. He's trying to get you to be an imitator like him. But you make it about money. It's a tenth of all. You make it about, you've been taught, there's about money, it's not about money. It's about your discipline. Okay. Real quick, I love the teaching element. The teacher always does. Oh, I'm doing good on my time. Look at that. Oh, that. Woo! I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to do that. All right. All right, here we go. What tithing does for you? I know you've been t- The Heaven's opened up and everything. I know. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. See, because that's where, that's where the carnal mind goes and. And, and, and it's a spiritual thing. Yeah. Where did money come from? Because God didn't need it. Steve, you have to go where Adam at. Yeah. <laughs> you know that scripture, don't you? Uh, tell him what it is. You remember? That's it. It's the one. When he talks about, was, but. The, yeah, yeah, he said, and commerce was found in him, right. Satan. Oh. You know, when he was telling them that he put the fire inside of him. Uh, the, the That's right, time. Ezekiel, yeah. <laughs> but you know why he put that fire in him? Because it started consuming him. You see, he, I put it in him. So it consumed him. See, but you're, that going to go with it? go to the temple. You can't have a temple without fire. And the Holy Spirit set upon them as of what? Cloven tongues as of what? Fire. And know you not that your body is a temple. You have to have fire in the temple. Okay, so we, we, we're not going to go there, teacher. We're not going to go there. That's a whole other teaching. I'll get you all. I'll get you on there. It's right. That's your list. But we have no understanding. We just don't. Un- okay. What does time do for you? He really does. Stop thinking of the money. Can y'all throw money out, please? What does God want? It's there for what? Discipline. So what does time do? Number one, accountability. These These are characteristics of a disciple. It gives discipline, strength. Honesty. Uh oh. God is watching. He'd know if you're doing it or not. Right. And God can count. Yeah. See, tithing produces honesty. Okay. Diligence. Mm-mm. It produces diligence. You work at this all the time. Mm-hmm. It produces teacher faithfulness. And managers... Must be faithful. Oh, okay. And the last one, trustworthiness. Trustworthiness. It produces trustworthiness in you. To manage the tide, god got to trust you every time. Mm, mm, mm. All six of those things I just gave you are the characteristics of a good manager. Y'all got some good managers? Are y'all good managers? Okay. Last scripture. I'm almost on my time. I'm good. All right. Mark 6, 40. Ready? Ready? Yes, sir. Mark 640, amplified.
1: So they threw themselves down in ranks of hundreds and fifties with the regularity of an arrangement of beds of herbs looking like so many garden plots.
0: Oh, stop, stop over again. Start over again.
1: So they threw themselves down mm-hmm. in ranks of hundreds and fifties. Stop. hundreds of fifties
0: that's administrative and organization
1: go ahead with the regularity of an arrangement of beds Mm -hmm. of herbs looking like so many garden plots verse 41 and taking the five loaves and two fish he looked up to heaven and praising God gave thanks and broke the loaves stop the five
0: loaves and the two fish that's resources
1: come on he broke the loaves and kept on giving them to the disciples to set before the people and he also divided the two fish among them all stop and he thanked them right that's appreciation
0: that means it didn't belong to them. Mm-hmm. It was someone else's property. Go ahead.
1: Verse forty-two. Mm-hmm. And they all ate and were satisfied. Look at that. And they took up twelve small hand baskets full of broken pieces mm. from the loaves, and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men.
0: All right. Hold on. Go back to 41.
1: Verse 41. And taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and praising God, gave thanks and broke the loaves and kept on giving them to the disciples Mm. to set before the people. And he also divided the two fish among them all.
0: Look how they're serving the people. These are the 12 disciples, 5,000 men and women. So it's about 12,000 people, maybe 15, depending on how many kids they had. Oh, so hold on. Background story. What they don't tell you is that the disciples actually had, had, they had enough money for them. They had enough for them to buy if they wanted to, but not for all the people. Man, see, i always got to get a backdrop what's really happening here. Uh, so give you a little clarity on there. Um, hold, uh, wait a minute. Oh, that's it. Two minutes, she said. God, okay. All right, here we go. All right. Okay, uh, real quick, John six twelve. Ooh, i got to cut this one quick. Quick, quick, because you're going to get me. 6, 12. Here we go.
1: John chapter 6, and verse 12. When they had all had enough, Mm. he said to his disciples, gather up now the fragments, the broken pieces that are left over, so that nothing may be lost and wasted. Mm.
0: Wow. That nothing may be lost or wasted. The culture that we live in wastes so much. You know what that's called? He was teaching them that was bad management if they didn't clean it up. He was teaching them to pay attention to the most minute thing. Because you, listen, he didn't have the people to do it. He had the disciples to do it. So servitude goes all the way to one of the the most minute things that you don't think that you should be doing. Pick them up. You're going to be a good manager. You're not going to waste things. Y'all know we waste things so much here. Don't we? He was teaching them management, servitude, and not to waste things. Clean your plates. <laughs> okay. Hey, teacher, did I do it? Bam, I did it. I I'm cannot. done.
2: I'm done. The man of God truly after God's heart done. is our pastor. What, what happened here tonight? Love. <laughs> good stuff. Um, This is the mic. I want to keep going in and out. I don't know. So, Pastor, can you grab one of those other (laughs) mics? Please. And thank you. So, we're talking about, wow, Stewardship. This is real quick. I mean, open my eyes even further. We should become wiser and wiser. Amen? I tell you. Oh, wow. Oh, God. God. Everything God does, he does it forever. Everything is forever. And he uses all different analogies and metaphors to get our attention and give us an illustration as to drawing you back to the original way that's supposed to always be and and doing that, he continued to develop if you were step in and remain in that process a indescribable intimacy with him this thing is mind blowing pastor the stewardship when it comes to tithing we're talking about it's your your entire life it's your time It's, it's, it's everything Oh, it's what you meditate on it's how you study the word of God pastor Let's go back to this right here. Uh, Y'all, no, no. He gave everything. He gave, when he gave his son, his son, his son, woman of God, Miss Flower, was tithing and offering. He, oh, you see, y'all not ready. He was offered up. He... His son was symbolic to tithe and offering. Sure he was everything. Offered him up. Oh, God. And his, oh, my Lord. See, oh, God. And we are a, what type of people? A peculiar. Right. And we are supposed to be a consecrated, set apart, tithe. You, see, y'all not ready. See, you're still going to do what you want to do even after you hear this word. Absolutely. You are set apart. He does this. Everything that he does is to bring more of an understanding, revelation of who he is to you. Because he doesn't need money. It is to teach you how to manage life. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. He has a purpose for money because this is the thing that really rules the world and rules your heart because as soon as you hear about money, you can only associate tithing with money. You can't associate your salvation with tithing. Which means that you're void of the full understanding of your salvation. And this is why you're not We're not fearful of serving. I don't want to serve today. I don't want to come to church today. See, this is serving. This is your reasonable service. We're talking about time. Oh, hallelujah. We're talking about offering. We're talking about the Godhead. That was everything was laid down for you. Consecrated, He said, you are a set apart. See, this is spiritual. So this with your child, you are to set this apart. That's right. My time, I'm to set this apart because this is for God. No one infringes on, oh, see. That's right. <laughs> oh, see, y'all letting people infringe on God's time. It's this is sacred. God's time is sacred. It's holy. It's set apart. No one can infringe When the gathering is called to assemble together. Oh, this time for tithe and offering. Oh, oh, see see, again, you see it as money. This is why he said don't forsake yourself. To assemble together. Because there is a power, a supernatural power to get, see, wealth in my spirit. See, he said because if you seek the kingdom All these things will be added. I don't have to ask for the money because all these things are going to be added because I've laid down, i separated. Look, my time, my labor, and this thing that we call money, I've set aside 10% of everything of who I am because he did that for me and that's just like a relationship. You spend a lot of time, you invest in a person that you say that you love, and then they don't, look, we have an appointment time to come together, date night, and then you don't show up, or you show up late. Date is almost over with. See, I, I don't, I haven't put aside this, see, I haven't put you on my calendar as in a, a very important appointment. And then I don't have a reminder that comes up in my spirit of expectancy when we get together, what's going to happen. Oh, y'all ain't ready for the tithing offering. You can say there's something greater than to assemble in the house of God. Oh, you speak as mere men. We speak as mere men someone come in town on a, a service night a tithing offering oh my God. every day of the week is a tithing off because I I need to put aside time to study and research and get closer to my creator I need to maintain my spirituality in the way that I think oh, we, we, we're talking pastor you you messed me up in a real great good way when you talk about a relationship, oh God, you are to be set apart, you are to be set apart for a special purpose. We only see that when we get married. Special purpose. And you spend up all what money. see now, if you had it, you would spend it. If you don't have it, you can't spend it. But normally on that day, oh, you spend up some money you you're tied to yourself. Look, your time, your emotions. That you don't need to be sewing unto yourself. Those type of emotions. You tied to yourself. Oh. Yep. I'm not gonna keep y'all much longer. Cause I just wanted to let you know, Pastor. See, let's just go here, and then I think I'm somewhat in at this place, but. Minister, minister, just go back to, I believe it was Job 1, 20, not Jude 1.23. 1.23, you were at, Pastor. So, and before the rest of the, the, the body of Christ goes there, tithes in the Old Testament, Second Chronicles 31, 5 and 2, and Chronicles 31 and 6, right? Matter of fact, let me go to, go to um, you can go, we don't have to go there, but just keep this in mind, because it's part of our duty. And then Amos 4, 4, Malachi 3, 8 through 10. And then in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 9, 13, and then 1 Corinthians 9, 14. But check this out. Everything in the old is in the new. How so? First of all, he says, I change not. But I was at a conference, and uh, this short story uh, just this week, and, and this, this young man was saying how his mother had a conversation with his, with his parents, and much older, obviously, his parents are older than him. And he said that he began to discuss the word with them and how it got real intense. He was just speaking the truth. But she said, show me that in, in, in the New Testament, with." But Jesus really speaking directly himself. Then I'll do it. See, this is what we said. Then I'll do it. No. You're not going to do it. You know why? Because man always seeks a loophole as to how to work around to get out of how God says what to do. You don't need any scripture. Your salvation itself should have brought up a sign and alert you that this is what we do. I said, you know what? They're not looking for a scripture where God himself is speaking it. They are trying to still find a way to have their own opinion. How everything is still in the new from the old is that the principle, hear me, of the law remains intact in the new. See, you're looking for see, and you're looking at the word as a mere man. The principle, the instructions of the law remains and upholds the new. Oh, see, y'all done. See, but you don't know the principle. I'm gonna end right there. But where we go, Jude one twenty three. Read um, in card, please.
1: Strive to save others, snatching them out of the fire. Stop. Strive to save others.
2: Save them from what? Strive to save others from their erroneous views
0: That's
2: right. and yep. perception. That's why they're in the fire. Strive to save them with their own erroneous views of the word, and they're gonna use the word incorrectly, but it's gonna be from their view. He said, save them from that. And save means to snatch. And when we're speaking about an evil heart, no one knows or understands the evil heart. He was speaking about the darkness The depths of the darkness of the heart. Darkness have layers. Darkness have layers.
1: Read. On others take pity, but with fear. Snatching them out of, first of all, the fire.
2: The possibility. Of them going to hell. <laughs> Snatch them out. Of, see, this is no way. See, this is why I was so furious, man of God. Because we're watching out for your soul. Right. And I don't care what cause of the natural man that your feelings get hurt. Is that I, have, I see an erroneous view okay. of your opinion being shared spoken into the spirit of man and I have to snatch by all force and snatching it see it don't feel good when someone snatch you up it is shocking you don't know what's happening I was I had a spiritual anger of what could possibly happen to the man and woman of God? And I saw darkness, and I saw the darkness at all of its layers and the plan of darkness. And darkness has a stench. Yeah. It's no way when you smell something that's rotten, You, I mean, it just, it takes you somewhere. You have to get it away from you immediately because of the stench that it carries. But we, our spiritual senses, haven't been sharpened, so you can't see when darkness is moving, when it's spoken, and it speaks from a place that appears to be the word of God. And we... See, you're good that you think it is. is going to be evil spoken of because you're not. See, you think you're doing what is good, but you're not doing what's best. And what's best is the word of God to the letter. Loathing even the garment spotted by the flesh, polluted by See, it's a polluted smell, but you wouldn't know because your spiritual senses have not been exercised. You want to keep these relationships that you call won't have peace in it. You're talking about peace of the world. It's not the peace of God. Peace of God maintains stability. That when see, and people get this just like Miss Flower, she was at this ministry, but guess what? She is no longer here physically, but she knows that she's a part of this body, and always will she be welcome, always will she will be loved. And she and then think about it, she didn't leave. See, we see oh my god for whatever reason. See, but we don't have membership here. This is a place to come to learn and to grow. See, and to do that, you have to be corrected, and people can't take correction for so long. It's enough. That's too much. But what if you... The same thing with our children. What if you give up? Correcting them. Telling them what's necessary. See, you... I'm concerned about them being upset with you. I'm not concerned with my, my kids or my spiritual children being upset with me because I care way too much past now for your final destiny. Oh, the mind got to get right. It has to stay right. We need a place in our mind to be in a place of stability. You cannot keep coming to the same place in your mind. We should be growing. I've been at my job now, September 30 years. I've done about 10 or so different positions. But when I started out, I was a temporary receptionist. You should be growing, naturally and spiritually. My promotion was not to seek more money It was because I was growing. Growth brings promotion. But discipline is the first start of it. I was able to be disciplined and remain even under the harsh condition of my supervisor that was yelling, screaming at me. And I'm walking, I'm walking to work, I'm living in Park place. I'm being abused physically by my husband. I'm putting a gun almost to his head about to shoot him. You talk about hard times? Jumping out of a moving car, but I'm in a place of real peace. Cause I still wasn't moved. I'm on a mission and you're only a distraction. And from my peace caused me not to be engaged with a distraction. I know that it's there, and I know the purpose of the distraction. The question is, what is distracting you from growing? I am now the vice president of NACUS, is a, uh, a professional association with Old Dominion University, and KL Warner actually prophesied to me, he said one day, he said, ODU, keep messing with you, you can be the president of the university. What he didn't know, it was in part, I'm now gonna be the president of NACIS, which is affiliated with ODU. And another year, because right now I'm the VP. And this is about, not me, this is about growing. This is about learning. This is about making a statement. This... See, it brings influence. It brings new connection. It's who you're connected to. Why am I? And see, it's time. Certain times with certain people, but when they stop growing, I can't walk with you no more. Because you know why? You're going to pull all of my new growth out of me. That's what's happening. It's time to move on. It's time to really engage in your, and being really aggressive of your growth. What age are you now? We're 30, 40, 50, all those ages. When will we get to a place of stability? Place of real peace. A place that I don't have to be saying all what I'm doing, who I am every five minutes on Facebook. But because I know who I am and what I'm doing, in my silence, my success will be known. Amen? I thank you tonight, all who have came out. I thank you that the love of God manifests in his place. I thank you that you're able to be disciplined and submit yourself under authority so that you will properly grow and be healed. Because this is what has to happen. You have to be healed because we have a lot of women and men during these conferences and they are not healed. And they're speaking into you. Pastor, come on. Up. I love you. To, well, it's one thing when you you stand and you teach with your your spouse, and it's like oh, I it kept saying within me, take me in, take me in. I get a little gangster when it comes to the word. <laughs> like I'm ready to go in. <laughs> it's um, I want you close. <laughs> it's such an awesome thing um. To be called by God. To be summoned by God. That you would be able to be commissioned to reconcile the loss to him. It's so much greater than our own life and our situation. Because he said, if you seek my kingdom and all of his righteousness. All these things will come upon you. Will follow you will overtake you. And that's how it was and still is with me. Pastor is my all of these things. That's what he is to me. All of these things. He has come and he's overtaken my heart and my mind. He's, it's like when that struggle I know this what Minister Star is so desiring is that when you, when you get married, it's supposed to be definitely for a woman is that because it's her mind, her emotion that the husband when he comes in, just when he comes in the house brings about a calmness. he brings you in a place of stability however your day was he changed that when you see him. He doesn't even have to say a word. Just him looking at me when he come in. And in my case, when I come home. And it, it within myself, I'm like, I am so glad I'm married to you. It should be when he hold you that you are... Not feeling well, I often would say to him, anytime I'm sick and I hug you, I feel better. Because that's where the healing should be through your husband. It's a whole big reason why and the purpose of marriage. Because he is the priest and prophet of my home. And there's some things that I should, as a wife, be able to bring to him when he is Frustrated. And being the provider, standing on the front line of the entire family. He's the one that holds back chaos. He's not the one that makes chaos. He's the one that holds back chaos over the mind of his wife. This flowers see you hear. Oh. oh, my God. All right, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. I'm let you go. (laughs) I'm telling you, though, marriage should be, uh, and we've been married for 14 years, so. And it's more and more intense, and it's more and more exciting because our relationship with God is growing more and more. So you can stand on your feet. I just want you to know that when you do get married, or even if you're already married, What it should be like in the home. You should be able to read your heart. Oh, it's going to happen for you, Minister Fee. It's going to happen for you. It's going to happen for you. See, because we're in this together. We're in this together, Brandy. We're in this together. I just don't think a lot of us have met real pastors real shepherds that really care that really want to be in all part of your life to make sure that you're whole and you live the best life that god has really called you to be we love each and every one of you thank you for just staying in the fight of faith heavenly father i thank you tonight for your presence we thank you for your love that was strongly demonstrated and manifested in this place we just uphold you we uphold father your name because above your name there is none else even not even your word father so we we love you tonight we bless you father we say that you are god we say that you've come in we thank you father that you have lord god erected your love in this place and you have dispelled all darkness, all myth, all whispers of the enemy, all deceit, all bitterness, all anger, all, all spite, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that division has no place. that is not welcoming here. We thank you that love, your love abides in the hearts of every believer. And we will continue to stand and fight for our brethren. We will snatch, Lord God, them back in the mind of Christ in the right way of thinking and behaving. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you continue to cover all of our minds as we leave this place. And we go forth in the Spirit already, coming against the enemy attacks, as we leave this place. We thank you just for our man of God. We thank you for the sacrifice that he continues to make. Continue to protect his heart, Father, from all attacks of the enemy, from those who are close to him, Father. Allow him to continue to be the. The epitome of what love is and how we are to conduct ourselves. We thank you that He's been even refreshed, even now. And everyone here, be restored in the joy of the Lord, be restored in the joy of our God, be restored in the joy of your salvation, says our Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. And as we leave this place, I ask that everyone on one accord just give god some praise for being god in your life just thank for being god thank you for keeping me in your right mind thank you for just providing for you thank you for keeping in, in, in your health and strength thank you for just protecting you today for he is god and he is our lord he is our king he is jehovah he is our god he is our banner of hope we thank you lord god you are answering prayer, God, and you have answered our prayers, Father, because the hearts of the believers had a heart of soul that was ready to receive grab the grab word tonight. Satan, you have been defeated. God rules and reigns in the mind and the hearts of the believer at Walker Ministry. so we thank you. And it's in Yeshua's name, Jesus' name, our great Messiah, that we say yes and we say amen.